Welcome back to another episode of Stu and Him Productions presents JM Solve the World. I'm James. And I am Matt. And with us once again is our special guest, Andrew. Hello. Special shout out to our, our last podcast. We talked about our band Blindside. Look at that shirt. Yeah. Check that That's, shirt out. That's, mm-hmm. as the kids nowadays would say, that is a throwback. That is a throwback. I got a whole, I got several drawers full of throwback concert t-shirts. Yes. <laughs> uh, topic tonight will be your dream car. The dream car. Well, l- let me rephrase that. Your dream vehicle. Oh, okay. Well, well shit, that, that could mean airplanes and shit. Right. But it's something <laughs> that, you know, something that you've always dreamed of having. Hmm. Mine has probably always been the 1964 Shelby AC 427 Cobra. I mean, any car that can go zero to 100 and back to zero in 15 seconds. Yeah. Okay. That's Andrew. Mine would be a 1972 Chevrolet Custom 10. Chevrolet Custom 10 Cheyenne Deluxe Pickup. Okay. Half ton, you know, red and white. Mm-hmm. Houndstooth interior, you know. Oh shit, we're getting we're getting fucking deep here. Yeah, deep. Everything back in the day, you know. AC, tilt, cruise. No, I'm I'm sorry. I didn't have cruise then. AC, tilt, tack. Tachometer, you know, in, in which that was a. It was an option. Oddity. Yeah. Back in the day. You know. Especially on pickup trucks. Yeah, pickup trucks. Automatic or manual? Back in the day, it was mainly automatics. For pickup? Yeah. Are you sure? They didn't have that granny low back then? Because the I know the old Dodges had the uh, three on the tree. And I'm wanting to say the old Fords. Uh, I, I think you could there. get the, the automatic, but it was the four on the floor. Because I remember my I, dad I, had one, and it was the long-ass fucking gear shift. And it was... I got a 70... One Ford out there, and it's a three on the tree. Yeah, three hundred two, three on the tree. I remember, I remember driving the first Chevrolet, first Chevrolet pickup truck I drove was my neighbor's. It was an inline six. I mean, it was a plain Jane. It was like a '69 model, but it had that three speed with a granny low. Basically, it was a four speed. Right, and it had low. First, second, mm-hmm. third. 
And second was over here somewhere around the glove box, and there was like three <laughs> places that it tried to go in, but there was only one of them that worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that granny low, you could hook it in that, and you could literally get out of the truck. And walk faster than the truck could walk. Well, you could load hay that way. Right. You know, if you had a long, straight deal, you just got out and helped everybody load hay, then you got back in it and turned around and come back the other way. <laughs> right. You were you were uh, ghost riding before ghost riding was mm-hmm. a thing. Yeah, it was. Yeah, the Sierra was probably an automatic because it was the upper class. Yeah, he said oh, a that, Cheyenne, though. Oh, a Cheyenne. The that's Sierra right. was the GMC version. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. The uh, Cheyenne Sierra was, you know, flip a coin. Right. You know, same thing. Basically had a different grill and different tailgate. Was the, well, taillights, was the taillights the same? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, all, all the GM trucks, I mean, they they've pretty much always been the same it's just the grill the tailgate and like the gmc is more towards your working like your 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 work trucks and chevy was more of the uh comfort if you will I thought but the, then i thought it was exactly the opposite i thought the gmc was more of the the upper class you would know more than that about this than yeah. i did well so because I don't, I don't wear no bow tie. Well, I don't necessarily wear a bow tie, but I'm, I've always leaned toward you know, General Motors, in which now nowadays. But I, but I know back in the old days, the Chevy cars were more of the the baseline cars, and just, right? They, and when you got into Oldsmobiles and Pontiacs and Cadillac. Uh, Cat, well, cat, of course, Cadillac. You know, they're still <laughs> well, around, but well, you know, those Mobile and the Pontiacs—they were a thing. Buick, Buick. That's yeah. it. They were more of your your upper class, where the Chevrolet was kind of a plainer car. Well, right, right. You know, but even though the '57 Bel Air was what everybody wanted, well, yeah, <laughs> you know, nobody wanted a '57 Buick or a '57 Pontiac. Oh, I would, I would love to have a 55 Nomad, though. Oh, well, well that's who wouldn't? <laughs> I mean, I'd now, love to have a 55 Nomad. My dream car, a 1973 DeTomaso Pantera. An Italian car with a Ford 351 Cleveland mid-engine motor. Hmm. Respect. What do you say? Walk on, homeboy, or walk on, homeboy. homeboy. You know, you just you, you change the uh, the punctuation there. And no, uh, anyway, it, I, my love for the Italian cars, uh, I blame on like the music video "Can't Drive 55." I blame on the television show "Magnum PI." Hmm. That Ferrari. That, that Ferrari is my favorite Ferrari. That was a Ferrari three hundred eight. <sighs> Yes, uh, and GT. They, they, 308 GT, and, yes. they, and then they came out with the Testarossa mm-hmm. around that same period of time, and I thought Testarossa was ugly as shit. Right. Because I love that 308. That oh, was, yeah. That was just, in fact, I was in Springfield one time back in, oh, God, it had to have been the late 80s, 
and I'm driving down the road in my Mustang to V8. You know, of course, it, I had it all tricked out, looking like a Cobra two and everything. So it yeah. wasn't that bad of a Mustang. Mustang two haters. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty quick with the 302 I had in it because it was not the factory. It was um, out of a 71 Mustang. Bored and punched, and I had a bigger cam and four barrel, and yeah, it was it was pretty nice. But I'm driving down Glenstone Highway, and I look in my rearview mirror, and I see this fucking Ferrari 308 coming up behind me. I'm like, whoa, shit! So I'm turning down my music because you always had your music cranked back then. Oh yeah, you know, shit's about to get real. Oh yeah, and he he pulled over to go around me. I was like. <laughs> sound like a fucking sewing machine it was like that's fucking badass even though that motor was only a 283 cubic inch motor right but it was a v12 yes yeah. well and that's the thing well, that, that who knew yeah well that's the thing that the europeans have always done is they've had the smaller cubic inch motors but they've always been the fucking high output uh you know, the, the Porsche, the Lamborghinis, the Ferraris, they've always, you know, and uh, McLarens now and, you know, whatever. I don't think a if McLaren you wanted, is. If you want a good, solid freaking car, the Mercedes. Right. Maybe well, e- and e- it, even though they made some ugly sons of bitches. Oh, yeah. But that one in Roadhouse that Patrick Swayze drives in Roadhouse, yeah, that was a nice looking car. I would well, love to have owned that car. And that's the I one thing. I don't even I don't even know what model or anything it was. Yeah. But it was that, cool. that, that's the one thing that I will give the Germans when it comes oh. to automotive. They know er, uh, ergonomics. Right. They, they know comfort, and I mean, and that goes for not just for vehicles, but uh, handguns as well. Because if uh-huh. you've ever picked, especially like the the new. Uh, HK VP series, the VP9 and the VP40. Right. If you ever put one in your fucking hands, oh my god! Or the the Walther, another German Walther uh, PPK or oh my god! Yeah. It, it's like you put it in your hand and the gun has just like your hand has now become part of that gun and it, it right. just feels amazing. So you're saying the gun melts to your hand basically? Yeah. That's what it feels or, like. Or, or your Pretty head close to the gun. Like, yeah. yeah. Either or. When uh, Vez, shout out, Jeremy Harmon, Vez, shout how you doing? Vez. Uh, when we went to prom um, junior and senior year, he borrowed his uncle's Mercedes. And we, we rode to prom in a fucking Benz. And I tell you what, I mean, it was the most comfortable car I'd ever right. been in. Uh, the the ergonomics in it, the the comfort to it, but it still had that European. All right, it, you want to go, motherfucker? Right. And when you got out and shut the door, it went. There was no no or no. It was just right. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and the the for me the the Pantera, it was just it was something different. Um, I know originally would not be that ergonomically comfortable. No, it was. It would have been loud. It, well, it was definitely. It would have probably vibrated your ass, but that was what was so cool. You know, and it was definitely an Italian design. But you know, I think the the early years of the Pantera, you they had a three hundred two, 
But again, a 302 in a 2100 pound car. Yeah, you know, well, you, we were you know. talking about that earlier. I seen a Pantera back in, um, oh God, it had to be been 89, 90. Uh, Steak and Shake in Springfield used to have a cruise in once a month. And it was all Chevelles, Camaros, Mustangs, you know, muscle yeah. cars. And there was a freaking Pantera sitting there, and I'm like going, holy crap. Oh, wow. I thought it'd be bigger. Yeah. Kind of like Patrick's Frazier and Roadhouse. I right. thought you'd be bigger. <laughs> you know? But it, looked, it was about the size of a freaking Fiero. Right. You know, but it was like, oh, Jesus Christ, this has got a 351 in it? Yeah. Yeah, that is fucking crazy. Well, you know? I mean, you, you think about the, the GT40 or the oh, Ford GT. Yeah. You know, they're fucking top of the roof. You're... You're what, 36? No, the GT40 got its name by the top of the roof measured 40 inches. Off the ground. Off the ground. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's, I mean, that's, wow. Yeah, that's how, it got its, that's how it got its name, the GT40, because it, its, its roof line was 40 inches from the ground. And it was a, if I'm not mistaken, it was the first American mid-engine car. Because even the Corvette at that time was well, a front engine. Corvette didn't go to mid-engine until last year. Right. Now, well, I don't know. The old Corvairs, they were mid-engine or rear-engine, but I wouldn't call that a sports car. No, <sighs> no. You know, uh, and, and that's... wagons were rear-engine because right. the engine set basically over the rear axle. Your Porsche you know, was a rear engine. Yeah. Because of the Porsche, same thing. Porsche, Volkswagen, you know. Right. Your uh, Lamborghinis and your Ferraris were always, well, not always, but, I mean, they were, the the ones that we're talking about, they were mid-engine. Right. Because you go back and you look at, like, the Ferrari Dino. That was, that was a front-engine car. Mm. And the funny... The funny part about both of those companies is they were started by fucking farmers. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, if if my memory serves me correctly, which don't quote me on this because, I mean, I... If we had somebody like Rogan does, we could look that shit up. Yeah. But, but uh, Lamborghini... budget right now. So. Lamborghini worked for uh, Ferrari, and he... Uh, it was uh, Lamborghini was a tractor company, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and they started making supercars, right, to go up against uh, Enzo Ferrari, and Enzo was pretty damn close to uh, selling to Henry Ford the third, third I believe. Yeah, I believe that's right. And then some bad blood happened and Carol Shelby beat Ferrari at Le Mans and uh, three years in a row wasn't it with, G- with the GT40 uh, no the GT40 uh, one year and I'm wanting to say it, but that was Carol wasn't a driver that year no the, the one year that Carol beat them I don't think it was a GT40 I don't think it was a Ford I know he, he was an American yeah, he, he, that beat he, he, he the beat Italian them team. before the Fords actually beat Ferrari. If I, I, I'm just going off the movie here, Ford versus Ferrari. I think I think Ford yeah. won it after they after Ford won it with the GT40. I believe they won it the next two years. 
Yeah. Because and, and Ford has always been known to, hey, once we beat you and once we set the bar, fuck it, we're done. Right. You know, when they set that, uh, the track records at like Daytona and um, Talladega and whatnot, test uh, test driving some of their new cars with the new engines and everything. Once they set that, that, that bar, fuck it. Well, whenever... Uh Bill Elliott set the track record, the fastest speed ever at Talladega. At 200 and, I don't give me a line, 213, 217, whatever it was, in a qualifying lap. The next year, they implemented the restrictor plates. Yeah. Because the cars were going way too fast in, in the draft. And it wasn't because they were worried about driver safety. I mean, that was a consideration. But they were worried about the safety of the fans. Right. Because if you get a 3,500-pound stock car going 230 mile an hour and it flips up and hits that fence, that fence ain't going to hold it. One no. wrong move, and that car is a... Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's been plenty of them went airborne over the years. Mm-hmm. But their their speeds were kept down at that 180, 200-mile-an-hour... And they've tore the shit out of the fence. Right. But if they're going 230 mile an hour, which the stock cars could have done a few years ago, if they weren't restricted, they would have, they would have went through the fence and killed a bunch of people. Right. And that's why NASCAR said, no, we're going to restrict our plates. And then now it's all computer controlled because they got fuel injection and everything. Mm-hmm. And right, right. I, well, can't, I don't remember what they're what their fastest speed was this year at Daytona. It was like, it was under 200 mile an hour, right at 200 mile an hour. But the fence can withstand that. But anything over that, it gets real sketchy. Right. <laughs> I mean, but Carl Edwards went through the fence I've at Talladega. He, yeah. uh, there were some people got hurt because of debris that the fence didn't catch. Well. You know, and he, he's sitting there after he, he that's they, and, they, and, and, and he walked away, but he's like going, yeah, when the car stopped, I'm looking down to see if I got anything stuck in me. Well, yeah, you I know, mean. Any of the, well, any of the, yeah. the rails of the fence or whatever. It, it is a chain link fence, but it's like chain link with chicken wire in it. And it's also got reinforcement panels and yep. stuff. And, and, yeah, and but, there's, there's a reason but, why but the pieces, walkways – at uh, in the stands, there's a yellow line that you can mm-hmm. move past that yellow line, but you cannot stop and be that close to the fence. Yeah, you can't stand there and, you're, and look on the fence. You're the race go by. eight, ten feet away from the fence is mm-hmm. where you can stop and look at a race. Um, you know, but when I saw uh, NASCAR. Uh, what was it? Ninety nine and Phoenix, and this was, you know, I mean, it, it was it was classic Winston Cup because I got a fucking free carton of Winston cigarettes. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, you know, it was it right. was that classic Earnhardt uh, Gordon fucking shootout. Tony Stewart run, won that race because I'm wanting uh, to say it was it was it was, it was um, his rookie year. Yeah, yep. yeah. And but there was um, a yellow line that you could not stop 
past that. I mean, you could walk back and forth and everything, but you you had to stay behind that yellow line if you wanted to stop. Right. I stood in front of where the Budweiser car sat, their pits. Mm -hmm. And this was before Junior drove for Budweiser. Oh, yeah. But, uh, I mean, it was, you know, being a, a muscle car lover being the, the a lover of that that fucking v8 sound mm-hmm. when all the cars are sitting on pit row and you hear gentlemen start your engines and it's just like whoa mm-hmm. then they come around that yep. first lap with the pace car they're doing 55 and then because i was right before the uh start finish line mm-hmm. and they come around turn four and that the fucking green flag comes out and it's like everybody gets up to speed and you just hear the it's like oh oh my god I I gotta go change my pants Uh that was amazing give me a moist towelette I'll tell you what's cool here locally if you go down to like Lucas Oil or something like that when they have a big big late model event yeah you know it's three eighths mile track I got 22 late models, and before they start the big races, they line them all up for a breast. And these are like 900 horsepower, freaking V8. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, oh shit! And then they drop them back two by two, and they drop the green flag. It's like, holy shit! These guys aren't going to make it to the first corner. Yeah, and then they do. You're like, how in the fuck they do that? Because they pile it on top of each other. It's like, right? It's awesome. I mean, it's it's cool. You know, and I I I remember when I was in high school, and Chris's dad, your brother, mm-hmm. would sit there and always have the NASCAR races on. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? This is boring. It's, it this is like fucking watching golf. Honestly, it's like it's, it's like, it's like watching ride. cars on the freeway. Yeah, until one of them fucks up. Right, <laughs> but then when what? when you actually go to a NASCAR event, oh, yeah. and it's like, mm-hmm. oh my god, and you feel that motor, you you're able to you smell the burnt rubber, oh my you, god. you smell the the gasoline, and you know, which is going to suck in fifteen or so years when they're all electric, but you'll still smell the burnt rubber. Yeah, but at the same time, <laughs> it's like. Will the restrictor plate still be there? Well, if they're electric, they can restrict whatever. Right, but with electric, you know, your your power is instant. But the bad thing about it, all the races are going to to be 300 miles or less. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Unless they figure out some solar panels to put on top of them or something and charge them while they're going. (laughs) I mean, seriously, I mean, I, I, I didn't mean to turn this conversation into this conversation, but... You think I could take a Tesla S with a plaid package? It's going to whoop any car, zero to 60, that's on the market today. I don't care if it's a Ferrari or McLaren or Corvette. There are YouTube videos. Guys pulling an S up to a drag strip, shifting into the plaid and beating fucking Hellcats in a quarter mile. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Any... Any gasoline? No, they're not going to go zero to sixty in one point. Was it one point eight, one point nine? Yeah, yeah. You know, because you got you got the electric motors driving all four wheels. 
Yep. And it and it's instantaneous. It's just gone. Right. It, and it's there's no shifting. Just like that. Yeah. You're doing uh it's, it's freaking crazy. Yeah. And and they're doing them and what's funny is, you know, a lot of guys will go to the drag strip and they fucking they start tearing shit out. You know, they want to get as light as possible. I've seen dudes beat fucking Hellcats with four people in the Tesla. Yeah. They're fucking hanging out, and they're yeah. just like, oh, hey, I, I guess it's time for us to go. <sighs> yeah. Like, what the fuck? My nephew, Hallie. Shout out, Hallie, if you're watching this, brother. Hello. Uh, when he got married here a few years ago, they had a Tesla limo. What the fuck? Yeah. It's a custom shop there in Las Vegas that done this custom limo. <laughs> and, and he knew the driver, and he got in. And he's like, you want to see what this thought so much will do? It's like. Sure. It's like, it's like, holy fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, They make a... uh, Okay, so I've changed my mind. I want a Tesla. (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, I can can get behind that, but I'm more of a truck guy, and I would love to have one of the new Ford Lightnings simply because I want a Frunk. You want a frunk? Yeah. A frunk. Yeah. So those then, that don't know, and Andy's giving me that look. I'm getting ready to say something. Yes. What's the other frunk? So, okay, you pop the hood on your truck. Mm-hmm. You rip that motor out, and you enclose that. Now, that okay. is a trunk in the front of your truck. Okay, okay. Since it's electric, there's no gotcha, electric gotcha. motor right, sitting up right. there. It's there's all. All the batteries all go the completely under the center of it. And the yeah. motors are on the wheels. Okay. Yep. Well, it's like a and then, and then when it, the And then when your power goes off, you can plug it into your house. And there it, it is. You know, I don't know. They, I, don't, I haven't heard them say what, um, you know, how long can that run your house? Right. Well, I know. You know, I mean, is it for a couple hours or? On the release, um they said, you know, running the basics, uh, refrigerator, you know, um, your lights right. and whatnot. TV. You're you're looking at like uh, at least two days. Really. Wow. And then with on the lightning with the charging ports, what, what one about, on each side. What about in the winter time though? And you got to have heat. Ooh. If you well, got, see if, now. If you got electric heat, I, I mean. Right, I would think that would significantly it, decrease the. the but time, you know, but. I right, but I also believe that if you're, um, if if you've got that ability, you're going to have solar panels, and that's going to help. Yeah, but your solar don't like I've got solar panels. Right, and when the power goes out, there's a switch that flips them off, so that it doesn't back feed up to because you're still going to be connected to the grid. Right. Until they get the battery technology well enough where you can charge your batteries during the day and then run off your batteries at night, then you can totally unhook from the grid. Well, I know. But if you're hooked to the grid, there's a switch, just like on a generator switch, Mm -hmm. that flips it off. So when the the power guys are out here working to get your shit back on, they don't get electrocuted because your solar panels are putting power back up into the system. Right. 
Well, I know so that's why um, I love our generator with my solar panels. Tesla has um, solar walls mm-hmm. and they have solar roofs. Now, uh, I read a I read an interview in an article about a couple in California who did the uh, solar roofs, and it took them a good four years before they started getting money back from really? the electric company. Um, because, I mean, the initial cost, yeah, that fucking sucks. Well, because, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's but getting it's cheaper the, all the time. Right, and, you know, and it's the, the power, like their, their power bill is going down, down, mm-hmm. down, down, down. But it, it took them time before they started getting money back. Well, like with the power company we have now, they don't write you a check for... You put in more power than you're using in. Right. But the way they do it is, like, I've been paying, like, the minimum that you have to pay to be hooked up to it. Right. And I've got a yard light and everything. It's like 33 bucks. But in the wintertime, when there's not as much sunlight, of course, you know, days are shorter, and you start getting back into that, they, they store all the extra power you put in and you start using off of that. Like last winter, I had one bill that was actually over $33 because I'd use more than my storage was and everything. Okay. So, but then there's a power company in Buffalo, Missouri that they will pay you each month for every kilowatt hour you go over Mm -hmm. that you produce. So, it's six one way, half a dozen the other. Right. You know. And to bring us back full circle, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> you know, uh, so. Who knows? To, that's, that's why we call this J&M Solve the World, because we start on one subject and we, we've been drinking a little bit, but we get, we get random every once in a while. Yeah. So but, to recap, your dream car. AC Shelby Cobra 427. Your dream vehicle. 1972 Chevrolet or GMC. Custom, you know. C10 Cheyenne. C10, C15. Long, long bed. Pickup, you know, AC, power steering. Yeah. Tilt. And mine, of course, is the 1973 DeTomaso Pantera. And on that note, uh, I have been but, Matt. But I think we all like yeah. the, the rumble of the big V8. Oh, apparently. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you yeah. can't beat that. The The only thing that sounds better than the rumble of the V8, in my opinion, is that European V12 sound. That Lamborghini, that Ferrari sound. When you're sitting in the car and you start that Chevelle or that Mustang or whatever, and it goes, you can feel it through the floorboards. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. There's, yeah, the V12 sound is great, but I'm an American. I like the American sound. Mm-hmm. <laughs> America! I'm American, by God. 
All right. But, yeah. I've been Matt. I'm James. And he is, once again, still Andrew. And you have watched another episode of... J&M, Solve the World. And we will see you next time.